Welcome to Parker's MMA Show. If you want to learn about all things going down in the fight world, you've come to the right place. Each episode, your host, Parker Keene, will take a deeper dive into the always entertaining world of sanctioned fist fighting. Now here's your host, Parker Keene. Welcome back to Parker's MMA Show, episode 69, where we get to see how long we could go without Parker giggling. Um, very, very excited to have our guest on today, Tyler Diamond. Uh, he is an 11-1 and MMA fighter competing in the PFL featherweight division. He's a veteran of the Ultimate Fighter, UFC, uh, LFA, and um, many other promotions across the United States. He's fighting out of Sacramento, California. He has an upcoming bout in the PFL's first round of 2021, where he's going to take on Sung Bin Joe on April 23rd. So very, very excited to talk to him about it. Uh, welcome to the show, Tyler Diamond. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, no, uh, thank you guys for, for having me and trying to uh, spread the good word about my fight. I appreciate it. Here we go. Awesome, Tyler. So, you know, we love to, when we have people on, we love to kind of start at the beginning with someone like you. Talk to me about growing up. Obviously, you're a, you're a Northern California guy. What sports did you play growing up? What was life like? What did you do? Man, well, I, I was raised in a freaking garage. I learned how to walk on a cement slab. So uh, humble, humble beginnings, to say the least. And uh, I didn't start playing sports till um, I was like 10, 11 years old. I mean, I wasn't very coordinated growing up. Like, I, I've always been a late bloomer. So uh, I started with football, and that was awesome. You know, I didn't play a ton growing up, but I, I slowly caught up to everyone else that had been playing from a young age. And then um, I I started wrestling as well, and uh, kind of the same thing. I had to play catch-up there. Like, there's a lot of guys who wrestled that had been wrestling from a young age that would just whoop my butt. But then in a, in a course of a whole year, um, the tides totally turned, and I was whooping their butts. And... And uh, so I just began wrestling, and one thing led to another. I I, be, I started wrestling at a higher level. I just I far surpassed everyone that I began wrestling with, and uh, it was mainly due just because I was putting in so much more time and effort than those guys. And uh, one thing led to another, and organically, I just just so happened to start training MMA while I was in high school. So let's talk about that wrestling career a little bit. I mean. Maybe not a lot of people know this, but you were one of the all-time winningest wrestlers in the history of North Dakota State, right? Uh, how does a California boy end up in North Dakota, and what are some of your favorite memories from being a collegiate wrestler? Uh, so, so yeah, I actually, I actually transferred to NDSU and had a pretty good career. I would have did a lot better had uh, I not been injured. I was actually injured like my whole career, like really bad injuries that I had to wrestle through. Um, but uh, some of my favorite memories, honestly, were just getting through it. And that might sound weird or, or you know, strange to some people, but, like, that was the hardest thing I've ever done, like, by far, was, was college wrestling. Like, uh, we, at the time, our head coach was only 28, 29 years old. It was his first year coaching. So he was pretty fresh out of college himself. And, dude, he ran us into the ground. Like, uh, we were just, we were way overtrained, so we underperformed because we were overtrained. I got injured a lot, and, uh, so I battled through a lot of adversity in college, so my, my proudest moment there is just the fact that 
I was able to show up day in, day out, and just and just grind when a lot of guys found excuses not to be there, excuses not to do this, do that. Like I, I stayed the course, and I showed up, and I put in the work every single day. And uh, like I already like I already said, it was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. I'll never do anything harder. Do you have any good stories from those days? Man, well, you know what? It's in North Dakota, which is an interesting place. I mean, uh, the weather is just terrible in the winter. So, uh, you know, but it came with its perks, you know. I mean, uh, during the off-season of wrestling, it was it was always really fun to take my truck and, and do, uh, like, some, some sledding. So the thing is, there's no hills there, so you gotta you got to hook yourself up on the back of the truck and, you know, you drive 30 miles an hour down the dirt road, pulling your buddies and, you know, and it's just fun times. Like, uh, it's just a whole different world out there compared to California. You know, there's so much more, there's so much more different things. I mean, uh, after wrestling season going ice fishing was always fun. I really enjoyed that. And then I ended up finding out my senior year that if you were going to school in North Dakota, basically you had like a one year of like, as long as you got your hunting license in another state. You basically have one whole year where you just have to buy a, a license for North Dakota and you can hunt. Like, you didn't have to be a resident. Like, I didn't know how the resident, non-resident stuff worked, and I was so worried about wrestling. But then my senior year, I kind of loosened up, and I'm like, man, you know, I, I'm i in, like, prime duck hunting territory. I need to take advantage of it. So I figured it out, and uh, some of the best duck hunts I've ever had were out there. I mean, we would we would, uh, we would drive out on Thursday night. We'd hunt Friday morning, limit out, Friday evening, limit out, Saturday morning, Saturday evening, Sunday morning. So we'd get five hunts in and limit out every single time. And we would do that like three, four weekends in a row. And uh, and that was just freaking awesome. Are you guys hunting public land up there? Are you just knocking on farmers' doors yeah. or what? It was all public. And there's just so much public out there. And, and you're not where, at least where we were, um we didn't really see anyone so it was just it was freaking awesome we just found what we thought were honey holes and uh and no one was ever there and it was public land and that was the best thing about it it's the mecca all right so let's get back a little bit you mentioned you you transferred a little bit or started to transfer into mma and around your high school years um talk about kind of the early days of getting into mma and then you know, get to how you eventually ended up with Team Alpha Male. So, so in high school, I wrestled, you know, and, and I liked wrestling, and I was really good at wrestling, but, but uh, I wasn't one of those guys that enjoyed wrestling year-round, nor was it really something that was really offered in my town, to be honest. So I, uh, just by chance, some guys who had wrestled at the same high school a few years prior to me came into the wrestling room, and they were then fighting, and man back in those days they were fighting in wrestling shoes getting paid like a hundred bucks at a casino like it was so backyard you know and like Forrest Griffin and Stephen Bonner had just fought and I was like a fan you know I thought it'd be cool but it wasn't something that I was like oh I want to do this it was just like oh that's cool you know whatever but they invited me to go train with them at this little gym that they had a couple miles away from the high school there's no electricity it was just basically a an empty warehouse with some mats and uh so I took it as an opportunity to um, to basically cross train, like still do something hard, but um, get away from wrestling a little bit. So I started learning how to box with these guys, do jujitsu, kickboxing, and uh, 
I thought it was awesome. Like for me, it was like, okay, cool. Like not only do I know how to wrestle, but I know how to throw my hands now. I can really defend myself. Like this is awesome. I never once thought about like, oh, I'm going to get into fighting, but I trained for like three years. So I started from my sophomore year. And then two weeks after I graduated high school, um, I went to go corner a buddy in Reno. And, uh, and my buddy, he had had like five or six amateur fights at the time. He was, he was a few years older than me. And uh, as we're getting ready, we had just got done eating and we're getting ready to head back to the venue. He gets a call and I can tell he's talking to someone and he's like, yeah, yeah, he'll do it. Yep, he'll do it. And, and I'm like, he'll do what? Like, you're talking about me. And he's like, oh, hey, you're fighting tonight. And I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, I just ate a big ass hamburger and fries. Like, what do you mean I'm fighting tonight? He's like, you're fighting tonight, dude. The promoter called me and saw, saw that you were with me and saw your ears and uh, asked me if you wanted to fight. And uh, I'm like, wow, okay. So I literally fought in the shorts I was wearing up there. I literally had just by chance wore some like wrestling shorts that had no pockets. And uh, we get to the venue. I step on the scale. I'm like 152 pounds. And they're like, oh, this ain't going to work. The guy weighed 135 earlier. But then he stepped on the scale and he was 148 already. So they're like, oh, that's fine. And uh, I'm looking at the guy and he's like this big buff 37 year old man. And I'm like, oh my God, you know, like I just, I'm like, I'm like about to puke. I'm so full from this hamburger and fries. And like, they're telling me I got to fight in like half an hour. And I'm like, I don't have any, if I told the promoter, I'm like, I don't have anything. He's like, don't worry. I'll hook you up with everything. So he comes in the back. Like I got my hands wrapped. I don't even know from who, like the, it was the worst rap job I've ever had. He gave me a mouthpiece. He gave me a mouthpiece. It wasn't even, you know, boiled to my bite. Like, it was all loose, and and then a guy who fought, and he took off his jock strap and cup, and they had me put that on. But the thing is, I took the cup out of the jock strap, and I put the jock strap on, and when I put the cup in, I put it upside down because I had never put on a cup before. So, bro, I thought it, I thought the big part went down where your balls were, you know? And so I put this <laughs> cup on, and I'm like, this is the most uncomfortable damn thing I've ever had on my life. And uh, And the promoter's like, hey bud it's upside down and the promoter then starts talking to me like hey man just go in there and do your best okay like he's talking to me like i'm gonna get beat up and it really lit a fire under my ass i'm like dude this fucking guy thinks i'm gonna get beat up by this guy like i'm gonna fucking beat this guy's ass so uh i did i went out there and beat up this 37 year old man in about three minutes like he kept trying to go for a leg lock on me and just kept like leaving his face out there and i literally I probably punched this guy like 50 times as hard as I could right in the fucking face. And uh, by the end of the first round, his eyes were so swollen. Like, I don't think he could see anything, and they just ended up calling it. And I remember looking over, and his little he's got three little kids, and his little kids are crying. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Like, what what a turn of events today. And uh, so, yeah, that's how I ended up getting my first fight. And that that's what kind of sparked, sparked the, oh, dang, I could be good at this. This would be awesome to uh, to start doing. Jesus. So how old were you at that point? I was at 18 because I, I, I was, I had just graduated like two weeks prior. And so at that point, um, I had made, made the decision that I was going to go to Sac City Junior College because out of high school, I actually didn't have very many, um, good offers, I would say. So I went to Sac City and, uh, from there I got really good at wrestling, like even better. And then I had lots of offers and opportunities from there um and ndsu was the only d1 offer i had so i took it 
And then plus I had a friend that wrestled at Sac City that had already gone there and kind of gave me the 411 as far as like, hey, man, you're wrestling with the best here. Like you can go somewhere else and you could probably, you know, be a be a multiple time All-American or whatever. But like here, like you'll get you'll get the best you'll you'll get at wrestling. And I'm like, well, I want to get the best I can at wrestling for MMA. So that's the route I decided to go there. And then while I was at Sac City for those two years, that's when I linked up with Danny Casquillo and Josh Emmett. They would, like, come in the room every once in a while. And they saw me hitting mitts one day, and they're like, hey, do you fight? And I'm like, yeah, you know, I fight amateur, you know, when it's not wrestling season. They're like, start coming to Team Alpha Male Praxis. So um, I think I showed up the next day. I got choked out five times in five minutes by favor. Um, and I was an idiot kid. Like I didn't tap right away. So the next day I couldn't even talk. My throat was so sore. And, uh, but I kept showing up to practice every single day and, uh, I would get my butt whooped, but, uh, I think they all, all the guys really respected me for that. So after I trained there for two years, I, you know, I, I made a connection. I'm like, Hey, I'm, I'm leaving, you know, I'm, I'm going to college in North Dakota for the next three years. Um, but I'll, I'll see you guys when I get back, you know? So, that's what I did. I finished off my wrestling career and then I came home for a summer and then I, I got my finances, finances in order. And then September 2nd of 2014 was when uh, I made the jump to, to train full time at Team Alpha Mill. Is that at, at that point you decided that's what you were going to do? Like that was the path you were going to be a pro fighter? Yeah, I, I had decided that I was going to I was gonna be a pro fighter during my early years of junior college because I was still fighting in the offseason of wrestling, and, um, and that's ultimately what led me to decide to go to NDSU because I wanted to get as good at wrestling as I could for MMA. So, all right, let's transition. You're now a pro. You reel off eight wins in a row across you know a bunch of different promotions. Um, what was – talk about kind of some of your favorite memories from – that time you know fighting on different promotions and different cards in your early kind of pro career um some of the some of the best memories for me was just the the advancement the evolution of of how good i got like i feel like i got so good so fast um because i was putting in so much more time than everyone like i was in the gym two to three times a day monday through friday like consistently and i was dead broke but I was training hard and what I was doing was I was fighting so often and I could sell so many tickets that I would make like four to five grand for a local fight. And that would last me like three or four months. So I would fight and then, you know, my, my bank account would be getting super low and then I'd fight again. And then my bank account would be super low. And I'd find, man, I did that for years of just basically like hustling, you know, like fighting, selling t-shirts making like 15 bucks a shirt uh you know but spending all my money to buy the shirts you know and then like learning about the stock market like i started like investing a teeny tiny bit on like robin hood and like making small gains like here and there and uh i was just freaking grinding like i would hit up i was i was doing wrestling personals in the gym uh so i would do that between sessions and then every once in a while those same same dads would bring their kids and be like, hey, if you have any yard work, like, let me know. So sometimes they'd hook me up and they'd be like, hey, come over, you know, this day and this evening and you can do my whole backyard and I'll pay you a hundred bucks. And I'd be like, fuck, a hundred bucks is a great deal. It would take me like, it would end up being like a two or three day job. It was always bigger than they explained, you know, 
But uh, I was pumped. I was like, fuck, I just made 100 bucks, you know, in three days or whatever. But I was just doing whatever the hell I could to survive. And, and I love that I had to go through that struggle because uh, now financially I'm in, a, I'm in a pretty good place. So uh, that's some of my favorite memories, just starting off, training, getting super good and just hustling all the time and making just making it work, you know. So you're now this, you know, more polished guy at this point, right? Well-rounded, you're 8-0, you're dominating the regional scene, and you decide to go on the Ultimate Fighter. What did you make yeah. of that experience, and what do you make of this idea? Do you want them to bring it back? Do you think that that's a good route for fighters to get into the UFC? Just give me your thoughts on the Ultimate Fighter in general and what your experience was like. Uh, my experience there was great. Like, um, when I first got the the like text message on my phone about like, hey, they're doing a season of of undefeated guys. I was like, oh, I'm getting on that like for sure. Like, there's not many guys who are undefeated who have a better record than me and who have fought tougher guys. So, um, I knew I was gonna if I went and tried out, like I get on. And what was funny was was a few months prior, I had went out there for when Cody and TJ coached it, and I remember training, and it was such a weird environment because there's no music, like it was. Vegas is such a dry place like oh I hated it so I remember I remember leaving there and being like I never want to go in the ultimate fighter and then sure as hell it's my opportunity but I'm all I'm a guy who like when you get an opportunity you have to take it so I wasn't gonna just let it pass by you know you got to think I was broke as hell like I'm like damn this is my opportunity to not be broke so I was like fuck that was that seemed like a terrible route but I'll do it so I did it got on because I and I knew I would and, uh, and then on the show, I was super confident I was going to win it. Like I was like 110% dead set. I was going to, I was going to beat all these guys' ass, win the show, change my life. Um, but things, things happen and sometimes things don't go according to plan or how they're supposed to. And I ended up getting upset by Jay Cushnell in the semis. You know, I thought I was going to run through him. I, I was like, I was like wanting to make, uh, make a statement you know i wanted to finish the guy and i had the other coaches in my ear like hey you're the number one pick you gotta you gotta impress people you know and i let i let too much outside thing get to me i didn't fight my fight i fought very dumb and i i beat myself as as much as as uh jay fought really well too so i lost but you know it was was okay because i got another opportunity on the finale against another guy who got upset bryce mitchell who you know in theory it was supposed to be me and him in the finals and then uh, I end up losing a close decision there too, and it's like, oh, what the heck, you know? But uh, things happen for a reason. It's led me here, which uh, PFL is a is a place where I can end up making more money than I than I probably would have with the UFC, to be honest. So um, I'm happy with how things have went and how things have turned out. But my experience on the Ultimate Fighter was good. You know, my attitude just the whole time was like, I'm gonna win this show, and um, I became quite the artist there like there's nothing to do but like draw and train you know but uh i like the ultimate fighter i think it's a i think it's a great opportunity like there's not only so many guys can say they've been on that show uh i know they're bringing it back i don't know what kind of changes they're gonna do to like revamp it because i definitely think they they have to change the format you know you have to change it to keep it interesting and uh i think if they change the format a little bit and draw more viewers in due to that uh, i think i think they'll be in a good spot 
So you mentioned it here, but I'd love to talk a little bit about the Bryce Mitchell fight, because as you mentioned, for anyone who watched that season of the show, you two were kind of star-crossed from the start of two guys who are destined to meet. He's obviously undefeated professionally. He remains the only loss on your professional record. Is he a guy that you follow where you're paying attention to him because of that? Or is it is the focus solely on your your next opponent, your next guy, your next opportunity, and you'll leave Bryce Mitchell in the rearview mirror and not care about him at all? Yeah, um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just focused on what I can do, what I can control. But I like Bryce. Like, me and him were buddies on the show. Like, you know, it's kind of weird fighting him. I'm like, dang, I like this guy. It's like the only time I, I'm fighting someone that I kind of like. But you know, at the end of the day, it's all business, but, uh, you know, surely I want him to do good because he beat me, but, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting. I, I, I would love to know the stat of guys who've gotten cut and then how that guy they lost to did, you know, like for example, I mean, he's five and zero now. And, uh, uh, and a lot of people could argue that I won that fight. Like it was really close fight, you know? So, uh, it's just interesting that I got cut and then the, that heat since then he's gone five and zero. like it was almost like maybe they thought Bryce was a chump or something like I lost to a chump and that's why they cut me. I'm not I'm not exactly sure. But uh, no, I, I hope the best for Bryce um, and I want to see him continue doing well. And uh, but obviously, you know, I'm focused on my own journey. So let's talk about that next step in the journey. Right. You you've got. Two more wins under your belt after after that tough finale, and you choose to sign with the PFL, right? What is the opportunity for you here? Why why did you choose to, to sign with them at this stage in your career? Yeah, so um, like you said, I rattled off two two wins in 2019, which is what I had to do. Like I had to get basically get back on the USC's radar, or I had to get on Bellator. Uh, one one SC PFL I like I had to get all on their radar again like you're not on people's radar if you lose fights you know so I knew what I had to do me and my management and team kind of set a game plan like hey let's 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 get two local fights against two tough opponents and uh and that's what I did so then I was kind of back on people's radar again you know like oh Tyler Diamond's back he looks great so the, the we were kind of talking to the UFC but but their whole thing is like, um, you know, okay, just have them be ready for a short and honest opportunity. And I was, and I was down for that. But then um, PFL, I saw that PFL had gotten rid of a bunch of their fighters, and they were looking for new talent. And uh, as soon as I saw that, I hit my management. I'm like, bro, they pay hella good. Like, I would love to go in. Because at the end of the day, it is all about making money for me, you know, especially. So I don't really necessarily care about the fame. Like, I don't care about getting stopped in grocery stores, like any of that. Like I just want to make as much money as I can and use that money to, to invest and help me make further money, you know? And, uh, so I reached out and said, Hey, let's, let's try and link up PFL. And literally within a matter of a couple days, it was like, Hey, they're interested. They want to sign you. So I got a contract in my email, signed it. Boom. I was with PFL. And then, uh, that was in early last year, like February. So I was getting ready to fight in May. And then, boom, COVID happens, and it's like, whoa, I'm not fighting this whole year. They just canceled it. So then I was like, damn, did I make the right decision? Like, the UFC for sure would have picked me up, like, for sure. But but then I was like, you know what? I did because now, instead of only focusing on training, I can focus on my business that I started. 
and I can put more attention to that, the t- attention that I need to put into it. And so I literally just focused on the business that I created. I focused on, uh, I was doing construction. So again, I kind of like went back to my early days and was just hustling again. Like it was like, dang, if I'm not going to be fighting, like I need to do something. So I was just like all about making as much money as I could and putting away as much as I could. Like I put away a bunch in a Roth IRA. Like I started investing a bunch uh, and investing was like the best thing I did because as you guys know, the, the market took a huge hit when COVID started. And since then, it's really resurged. So uh, I made some good investments, and uh, I'm happy about that. All right, so let's talk a little bit. What do you know about your opponent coming up on the 23rd? Um, I know that he's uh, he's tall, he's long, he's a he's a kickboxer, and he actually seems like he has decent jits too. Um, but I, I really feel like I'm better everywhere. I feel like I'm better on the feet. I feel like I'm better on the ground. Like, I don't see him be able to take me down. Uh, I just, I think he's tough. Uh, one of his fights, it was actually pretty incredible. Like, he was, he was dead right getting beat, and he found a way to win in the fourth round. Like, uh, the, the guy has heart, so he's, he's not just going to fold, like, when I hit him in the mouth, you know. It's like, I'm really going to have to try and beat the brakes off this guy to get him to quit. So, um, I know he's tough, and I know he's going to come to fight, and, uh, but I'm sure he knows that I am too, so it's all good. Tell us a little bit about your fight style and kind of your mindset around fighting just in general. Man, my, my whole mindset is like, it's a fight. I only have 15 minutes. Like I need to push the pace and I need to be, I want to be dead after those 15 minutes, you know? And, uh, to a point though, like I do have to conserve my energy, like early in my career, especially like on the old fighter when I lost to Jay, um, that kind of mindset made me lose because I didn't think I could even get tired. Now I know that I can get super tired, but, um, at the same time, like I have pretty good cardio, you know? So like it's a balance of, of controlled aggression. I would say, you know, like I want to, I want to be pedal to metal and, and push the fight the whole time. Um, cause like I said, it is only 15 minutes. So like I got to get after it. And so my whole mindset is just to push the pace as much as I can at all times. And I don't want to be one of those guys that like hangs back and just kind of like is I never want to be in a boring fight, you know. So I would say that's just my whole mindset. Just push the pace, be in this guy's face and uh, just make make my opponents uncomfortable. Is there any guys growing up that you kind of looked at and it's like that's what a fighter should be? Yeah, I mean, uh, I would say two guys stick to mind. Number one was favor just because I saw that he was like a smaller guy. And, like, I knew I was going to be a smaller guy, so I thought that was really cool. Like, he was a pioneer for us smaller guys, you know. He really he really paved the path for us. And then um, a fighter that I feel like I line up the most with, not only, not only with his philosophy and his fight technique, but just everything about the guy. Like, every interview he does, like, I feel like we're pretty much spot on on everything is, is George St. Pierre. Like, uh... I think he's a super intelligent guy and he, he looks at fighting much the same way as me. Uh, maybe with the exception of, of he, he's more of a martial artist in the sense that, uh, you know, he like controls the fight a little bit more. I'm more of like push the pace kind of more aggression style. But, but other than that, like, uh, his whole outlook on fighting is, is pretty much spot on with, with my outlook. What do you, what do you take from having legends like 
you know, Uriah Faber and Cody Garbrandt and, you know, back in the day, like Chad Mendez, people like that that have been at the highest level of the sport in that gym? Because it sounds like you kind of grew up, you know, in this gym the last yeah. several years. What What is the biggest advantage to, you know, having that on your side? Dude, well, I've just got a bunch of guys who have who have been there, done that, you know, and uh, and when you're you're in there with those legends, and sometimes you're you're beating them, like sometimes you're the hammer and not the nail. It makes you realize, like, dang, I am good, like, and I do belong, and uh, you know, because there there is days where I don't I don't win many rounds, and there's other days where I don't lose any rounds, you know, and and uh, there's a lot of guys that no one knows about in our gym that are just killers. You know, and then there's a lot of guys who everyone knows, like, you know, Cody, Clay Guida, Chad Mendez, Faber, like, you know, and uh, so, yeah, it gives you a lot of confidence training with these guys and you just it, they're they're at a high level and, and they they bring the, the level of the room up just by their presence being there, you know, so uh, it just gives me a lot of confidence being being surrounded with so many so many great guys. All right, one more question I ask everyone, and then Billy's got a little rapid-fire segment, and then we'll get you out of here. But um, we talked a lot, a lot about fighting. Um, I asked the guys, obviously you just got signed with the PFL, but what are your goals for the rest of the year in 2021, both professionally and personally? Totally. Um, I think the goal for PFL is obvious. I win these, two, these first two um, regular season fights. I get into that tournament. I make my way into the finals and I win that. Like there's a lot of money to be made with PFL. Like I, I think if I win all those fights, it adds up to like a little over 1.1 mil. Um, so that's the goal fighting. And then the goal business wise is, uh, like I said, I own a business. I have a meal prep company. Um, I just want to keep taking it to new heights. Like right now we're, we're just kind of local and, uh, we're focused on our backyard, but I'd like to expand and, eventually get into shipping and all that but there's just a, like a lot of logistics i got to figure out there and there's only so much time in the day and most of my time right now is dedicated toward training so um finding a balance of of being a dad training getting all my hours of training in and running a business can be really difficult sometimes but those those are my goals uh fighting and 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 business wise we one more question i'll add to that so uh, i saw on your instagram you recently had a baby what is that due to your mindset about fighting in general? Because I see it time after time. Like, you know, a guy has a kid and they find a you know, new motivation. You see them almost as a different fighter. Totally. Um, yeah, For I, I feel like I get that vibe from some people. And then some people it does the opposite because having a baby is freaking hard. And uh, sometimes it can, it, can, uh, it can make you lose motivation for training because you're invested so much time into this baby and your relationship. And, uh, man, it is tiring. It's made, it's made fight camp a lot harder, but, uh, but it's not that hard because I'm, I'm married to the right person. So that helps number one. And number two is it's really helped me, uh, manage my time better before, you know, I could just fly by the seat of my pants and kind of do this or that. But now like everything's so strategic and in order and everything is scheduled ahead of time. It's actually helped me quite a bit to be honest. And, uh, and yeah, I'm totally more motivated. Like I have so much more to fight for now, you know, like I'm already, I've already, I've always been a super motivated guy. Like, you know, I want to make money. I want to make, I want to do the right things with my money. But now like I'm trying to build, I'm trying to build an empire for my son and for him to follow suit. And, uh, 
and you know, I don't want to, I don't want to just get everything. I want to make them earn things, and I want to show, I want to show them that through example. You know, I want to show them like, hey, this is where we came from, and this is where I am because of hard work, and I want you to do the same thing. Awesome, awesome. All right. Well, Tyler, thank you so much. This is our rapid fire segment. So I'm going to give you five rapid fire questions, not really about MMA at all. Uh, okay. It has a different theme every episode. So obviously we were recording this on April Fool's Day. So the theme of this is going to be pranks and jokes. Um, Got it. Just rapid fire, whatever comes to your head first. Uh, let me know. Are you ready? I guess. All right. Question number one. Are you usually the one getting pranked or the one doing the pranking? Doing the pranking. What is the best prank you have ever pulled on someone? Um, a time where I changed every single clock in the house, including on their phone, and they woke up thinking they thought they uh, woke up at 2, 2 p.m. What a dick. Oh, my God. <laughs> Who is the biggest prankster at Team Alpha Male? Ooh, uh, I would say Andre Feely. Okay, question number four. What is something you own that if anyone messed with it as a prank, you would be legitimately mad? My baby boy. I'd be really <laughs> mad. Okay, last question here, Tyler. First person that comes to mind. Who is the absolute funniest person you know? Um... Oh my God, there's so many. I need a name. There's so many. I'll say Dulani. I'll say Dulani, honestly. I know you. <laughs> that guy is funny, dude. All right. You heard it here first. Dulani from the Dulani Ultimate Fighter. Perry, the Dulani fight god. Perry. Well, Tyler, thank you so much for coming on. Really appreciate the time. Wish you best of luck in your first PFL matchup. Um, Tell the people where to find you on social media and any shout-outs you have. For sure. Uh, name's Tyler Diamond, so um, super easy to find on social media. And then uh, I got to give a shout-out to my two sponsors I just picked up for PFL. Super pumped. So Sheath Underwear, they're paying me a good amount of money, so I really appreciate them. And uh, and uh, I needed a new underwear source anyway because those, those American Eagle uh, undies, they, they don't have enough room down there for, for – what I'm, you know what I mean? So, anywho, that's cool. I, I'm, I'm happy I get them on board. And then uh, another company that I'm super pumped about is called Rod Broker. It's a, it's a fishing company where basically you can send them a rod and they'll send you a new one. You can either pay a little bit more money or you get money back it, according to if you, if you trade it up or down. So I think that's pretty cool too because one thing that really uh, hinders people from fishing and stuff is like. They just don't know, and this guy who owns this company's like got a ton of insight, so he'll help people out with that. And he ships nationwide, so I'm, I'm, that's really cool too. Awesome. Well, I'm Billy Naden. He's Tyler Diamond. He's Parker Keen. This was episode 69 of Parker's MMA Show. As always, like, share, subscribe, review, give us five stars. Tyler, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, can't wait to talk to you next time. Good luck, brother. Heck yeah. Thank, thank you guys. I really appreciate you. All right, man. We'll see you. Texas Trees is the premier tree care company in the DFW area. 
Whether you need basic maintenance or specialized services, when it comes to trees, we've got you covered. Pruning, chipping, bracing, and cabling, even root barriers and disease control, we do it all. And if you aren't sure what you need, we have certified arborists on staff to point you in the right direction. Visit us at NorthTexasTrees.net. That's NorthTexasTrees.net. Thanks for listening to Parker's MMA Show. Take a moment to rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and visit ParkerKeensMMAShow.Podbean.com for additional information on Parker and to stay up to date on the latest drama in the fight world. For more information and important links about today's episode, check out the show notes.